Hello and welcome to Newspeak. This is the most criticised show on Berwick FM. I'm Theo Hunt. It's 1pm on a Friday afternoon. It's our new Newspeak showtime. We're very excited to move from Wednesday. There's not really a reason for us getting bored with the Wednesday time. But what is Newspeak? Well, those of you who have been listening for a while will know Newspeak is freedom of speech going live as we discuss the big issues in the world around us with sincerity honesty and openness. This week, the first show of 2022, we'll be discussing the big events around the world coming up this year. The good, the bad and the ugly. It's a good thing we have two experts on the case with us today. Our first guest this week is long-time returning guest, Pip. Pip, how are you doing? I'm doing all right, Theo. How are you doing? I'm, I'm doing very well, thank you for asking. Good. All the pleasure of having you both on the show. And I say both because our other guest is, is first-time guest. Very excited to have you on the show. Sam. Sam, how are you doing? I'm also excited. I cannot wait. I, I know you're serious, but there's, there's kind of a, a delivery to your tone that makes you think you're, you're, you're playing a bit deadpan at the moment. I'm deadly that? serious. Okay, okay, deadly. fair enough. Can you move the mic a little bit closer to your face? Is that all right? Or move your face a little closer to the mic? That's Is that grand. better? That's grand, yeah. Um, so we're going to be starting with what we're hopeful for this year, the positive we're looking forward to. Hopefully give us a little bit of pep. And then we're going to go into the things we're more concerned about. Between the two, we will have the alternative news roundup and we have to round off the discussion for the first time this year the first time this time the first time in newspeak quiz history a fiendish seven question newspeak quiz which we will have a terminally leaderboard for all of our guests going forward a winner will be crowned at the end the prize is tbc but to see us off finally we'll be talking desserts uh, and treats to see us through the winter months ahead and as always you can send in your lovely thoughts to me personally, or to the studio at 01524 Please touch your name if possible. Your shorts, your thoughts keep the show fresh and create discussions, or you can just have a shout out. I know we've got some friends and family listening in today, so if you're a bit bored, send the message and we'll, we'll say hi and answer any questions you have. Or if you want to pose Pip and Sam a tough question, you can absolutely do that, please. Um, <laughs> and, and the factual information in this show. Um, has been brought to you by a lot of sources The Economist, Al Jazeera, NPR, The Week The Guardian, BBC News, The Telegraph and Sporting News Let's get started So a lot can happen in a year and I want to bring us a kind of expert roundup of the big events on the global calendar in the next 11 months Each of us has something we're looking forward to Why don't we kind of share those things We'll discuss as a group in turn and I'm going to, Pip, I'm going to bounce to you first What are you looking forward to or what are you interested in happening this year what can our listeners be thinking oh that's something to look forward to going forwards i mean it's sort of a looking forward to and it's more of an interested whether or not i actually think it's gonna be a good thing um and interested in sort of the how sort of how the i mean this is i mean professional interest of uh, how the global economy is gonna like manage to bounce back after covid <laughs> okay <laughs> genuinely i'm like why are we going in this hard <laughs> i don't know I was thinking like it's the World Cup. No, see, no, I didn't even know there was a World Cup. Not gonna lie, like I I saw the plan for this and was like, hang on a second, there's a World Cup coming up this year. Genuinely have no. Okay, do not care. Sam says that is you're you're starting strong. No warm up. Our intellectual muscles are being stretched. Talk to us about governance of global capitalism to coin a phrase. I mean, no, I mean that's one of my modules. But no, um, so I know I'm just looking forward to seeing how. like the interesting things of how people work around the spending that they've done over COVID, because we know there's been an increase in government spending, mm-hmm. um, and that's been way more than predicted, uh, or would have been predicted, you know, without COVID. And I think that um, 
It's going to be interesting to see how they turn it around. I mean, we've got the rise in taxation and, um, isn't it, the... Uh, is it yeah. national insurance national has gone insurance, up? Yeah, national insurance has gone up. Um, and how kind of people react to that as well, rather than just what they do, but how people react do, to do it. Do you think people will be understanding and say, well, they've got to pay for the spending, or do you think it will be fairly classic, you put my taxes up, I'm not going to vote for you? I think it depends on the person, but I think considering the Conservative government is always there about not not raising taxes and suddenly they've raised taxes, I think people are going to look at them and be like, you've just backtracked massively, um, <laughs> so we're not going to vote for you. Mm. Yeah, Sam, what are your, what are your thoughts on, on the global economic situation? Also, British, you know, Conservative government raising national insurance contributions, lots of backbenchers who think this is the second coming, you know, the apocalypse. What, where, where do you stand on, on some of this? Well, I think we're going to have a real transition um, from state policy having a lot of power to more international institutions mm-hmm. um, guiding us through this process. Um, we're going to have to take austerity measures. What that's going to look like is going to take a big hit on all the nations mm-hmm. of the world. Um, and it's it's going to be interesting to see how that pans out, but it is going to be quite hard for each nation state to lose that power and to sort of give it over to bigger international institutions like the IMF who I think have better regulation or regulatory measures of what's going to and mm-hmm. um, what's going to be needed and what's going to take us forward. So we've got increasing inflation uh, mm. driven by energy costs and price rises and supply chain snarl-ups. Is that going to be something countries have to deal with together? They can't be dealing with it together? Well, I don't know. I'm not much of an optimist. I don't know how cooperative countries will be. Um, I mean, a great example is COP26, is it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um how how well that's going to turn pan out i mean nation states are self-interested so i i taking the realist view here yeah but i think they are like i think it's very obvious and i think there's there's definitely as um as i say there's going to be a transition from this covid mentality because we're all in one boat really at the moment with Mm -hmm. this pandemic um but I think I think cooperation is needed to reduce how bad the measures are going to be um, to to keep the inter- international economy um, somewhat stable going forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pip, you said this not quite with a note of optimism, but okay, it looks like the economy is going to bounce back. How does that complement with Sam's thinking on mean- the global economy? I mean, I mean, I, I say the economy's like how it's going to bounce back. Whether or not it will is sort of part of that question. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, I'm generally quite a positive person. Um, I like to think sometimes. I, I, I would say so. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Unfortunately, so. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you, sir. I'll take it. Um, no. Um, so I, I, I'm slightly optimistic in thinking it will, and I think the Conservative government can't let it not. Like certainly the the national economy, mm-hmm. like they can't afford if they ever want a chance of being voted for in the next election, they cannot let the economy crash because everyone will just turn around and be like, oh well, you've really backtracked on what you've promised yeah, to do. Yeah. Um, and in terms of the global economy, I think there are so many things that might affect it that I generally have no idea how it's going to go. I mean, if you look across um, internationally rather than just focusing on uh, the UK and all the political kind of interests that are going on in, in, I mean, if you look at the states and 
and the things that are coming up in the States and, and you look at everyone else recovering from COVID as well and you look at how Australia and New Zealand are coping at the moment mm-hmm. and you're going, well, there's so much interplay of the global economies that I'm not sure which way it's going to go, but I'm interested, professionally interested to see what's going to happen. You also have a the morbid other- interest almost. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. It, it's a little like... Um, well, it's, it, you've always got the unknown factor of, of China in that uh, mm. China is running a consistently closed borders, um, you know, draconian, tight-handed approach to, to COVID cases. If there are COVID cases, and they, a, a residential block or even a city is shut down to, to curb it. So, so how that impacts Chinese economic output and, and impacts the supply chain crunches that we've been seeing due to uh, fluctuations in demand, due to increases in energy prices... As you, I think lots of unknowns is a good way to put it. I mean, we've seen the collapse of the global supply chain in the past two years. I mean, we've seen, certainly in 2020, we, we, we realised how global kind of everything was. Mm-hmm. And we realised this rising in globalisation that we, we've had as a, um, as a um, as national politics continues. We've got this global politics increasing and increasing. And the collapse of the global supply chain with things like China and the whole kind of the toilet roll crisis at the beginning of the pandemic mm. like that that was because supply chains in china couldn't get um toilet roll to australia and then everyone sort of caught on that into media hype and the next thing we you know you're in sainsbury's and you, you can't do anything Except, i tell you what I'm gonna, when i went back home to to my nice fancy house in the south everyone, <laughs> Southerners. Was, everyone was hauling food but the week before, I had been shopping at Al- Lidl, not Aldi. Aldi hadn't opened yet here in Lancaster. I was shopping at Lidl. I, I don't remember ever thinking, oh, there's not much of this, there's not much of that, there's shortages. So, so the whole supply chain, uh, you know, toilet roll hoarding, I think was actually very much a, a southern panic. And, and again, with the fuel crisis a few months ago, I, did, I saw very few cars queuing outside of four courts uh, up here in Lancaster. But back home, you know, my, my, my uncle got up at five in the morning to get fuel from petrol station outside Oxford. So there's there's regional differences within national differences within international differences. Mm. Mm. And um, I think that that throws a new dimension onto the the presentation of the supply chains and the presentation of the economic bounce back. Because, of course, within this, we've got Boris Johnson wants to level up. So we're still promising to invest money um, without really answering how we're going to spend it. There's a problem brewing here, don't you think, Sam? Yeah, um... I mean, politicians make promises. Um, <laughs> that, that is just a catchphrase for life, isn't it? It's just politicians I, make promises. I, once again, I'm a bit of a pessimist. If someone says something, I don't believe it till they do it. Um, and I think this carries through. If Boris says he wants to do something, then I'd like to see it. I'm sceptical um, that the, the way the economy is going, even though we are in growth, I saw a nice little... Ro- Rishi Rishi Sunak, um, I think it was a tweet or something, maybe LinkedIn. Um, <laughs> I was I was on my LinkedIn yesterday. Yeah, how you can tell Burgess, right? <laughs> Man, that stuff sucks. Um, I I saw it and it, it showed some rapid growth from what we were in 2020, and even it, like even from 2021, it showed some key figures. Um, so that that does imbue me with positivity, <laughs> but um, Boris saying something um, as he has before, I mm. did not attend that party. 
is it true or is it not i don't know mm, because what we i think as a generation don't understand is that often in the past you get economic cycles caused by national government policy so the barber boom uh, the lawson boom the 1970s stagflation in which governments have to tinker with um their their interest rates or fiscal mm. uh, policy or, or whatever Whereas now the only severe pre-COVID crash we ever lived through was a financial crash, which was a global crash. It was mm. beyond national government's fault, really. I mean, there's arc debate there. Whereas what we're seeing now is actually, as you're both saying, national governments take a huge amount of responsibility for guiding us out of this crisis. Unless they coordinate with international governments or international mm. organisations, as you say, Sam, they're going to be hotchpotch and it's going to be growth, decline, growth, decline, growth, decline. You know, stop, start, stop, start. Like like teaching a 16-year-old how to drive a car, it's going to be <laughs> constant stalling. I know those days. I, <laughs> know those days. I think um, another key aspect in moving forward with economic policy is, and there was a good behavioralist um, economist, economist, Economist. Economist. <laughs> That's the one. Uh, <laughs> technically wrong. <laughs> uh, that by by the name of Herbert Simon, who focused on how policy should be um, multifaceted in in how it treats the economy. So you shouldn't pass policy to just deal with inflation or just deal with interest rates or just deal with one thing. It need because those things will have consequences that more policy will need to be pushed to solve those consequences and it starts this cycle um, and he made a really interesting point that you would need policy that not only deals with the problem but deals with the consequence that this the policy might bring or deal that yeah. deals with multiple problems with one bit of policy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting I, point. Go on, Pip. I was going to say, I think when we were talking about economic policy and kind of looking forward to, or like seeing how things pan out, and I think an important part of this factor at the moment is, you know, the the, the controversy within the Conservative Party and what's going to happen yeah. there and like whether or not is Bojo going to survive? Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, that's going to be, I mean, just seeing how that pans out, like if he does stay in office, how on earth he manages it? And if he doesn't, how dramatic is it when he leaves? Mm, mm, this is true. This is yeah, true. I'm just here for the drama, really. Yeah, just grab me some popcorn, you know. <laughs> it's the drama, Mick. I love the drama. It's such the drama. <laughs> uh, and um, yeah, I mean, is that, is that, what, what are you hopeful for then, Sam? Is that, is, is obviously Pip saying she's hopeful for a global economy? I think he bent the rules on what I think I must there. have had, I'm looking for you said the question was looking forward to in the in the thing you said that <laughs> so actually okay. professionally looking forward to Profe- um, <laughs> Sam do you do you have something you're looking forward to you're optimistic about um I'm it was really interesting I was talking to a mate of mine yesterday um, and I think there's a bit of a shift in culture, um, and I find I found that really interesting. And I was thinking about it last night. And there's a, quite a controversial figure uh, called Jordan Peterson. I don't know if okay. if you, either of you've heard no, of him. No, I'm afraid not. Um, he he's an interesting guy. He does a lot of he's very free speech oriented, and he's been sort of picked up um, by a lot of alt-right wing groups and they sort of hold him as a leader but he despises them, he doesn't want to be with that group and he's been um, criticised a lot 
um, by some of the things he said um, by the alt-left uh, and le other left-wing politicians and intellectuals. Um, and a lot of things he's said has been taken out of context, and as as you would, yeah, I was going to say as normally um, happens. But it's it's really interesting because he's and he he was so he's a, he was a Canadian professor, and he wasn't he was. I don't know if he'd so, lost his job or... So what does he say? What's his kind of, you know, what, what, what's he putting forward here? Well, he, he has a lot of points and I don't want to misquote him because he has so many. He does um, a lot of neuroscience. So he's a psychologist, trained psychologist, mm -hmm. lecturer. Um, he does neuroscience. He does sociology. He does uh, economics. He does political thought okay and what what i mean what about him suggests there's a culture shift? so you've you've got jordan peterson you mentioned a culture shift so what's yeah connecting the two what's your overall kind the, of the the so as i was saying he got he was either removed partially from um toronto university i or think Vancouver? he resigned i think he, or did he, he, did he resign but yeah. he resigned after a lot of criticism like mm. all his staff members wrote um, letters to the dean saying I don't want to teach with him okay. um, and that's why one of the reasons why he resigned but recently now he's been accepted to do lectures into Oxford University um, he's been on Russell Howard's good news on one of his hours yeah. um, and I think that it's a really interesting shift in culture because he was so demonised and to some extent still is um, but is now coming into more mainstream culture, and I wonder what that reflection shows about you think the culture of internet. It's a harbinger of, of a change in how we see internet figures and how we engage with ideas. Yeah, maybe um, because uh, there's a lot at the moment, at least that I see that of of stuff on the internet that isn't critical. That sort of bandwagons a message with emotion um, without rationale, rationale and without um, logic uh, and I think maybe that's on the down on the down mm -hmm. show it with this but I don't know mm -hmm. what do you think Pip? about about what he represents well, or about what I mean that was well, that's... Uh, Sam's core point is is just Jordan Peterson perhaps others like him as well reflect some sort of cultural shift in how we appreciate certain views and certain people in both the internet and in popular society? I think so often we think about the internet as this sort of, you know, um, uh, echo chamber. Like, mm -hmm. that's the whole thing about, the, like, you know, you click on one thing on Facebook and you click on another thing, or if you don't know, use Facebook, Instagram, or, you know, you go on your Explore page and it's particularly tailored for you. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Sorry, I just pushed the wrong leave on my chair and went down about five inches. Fantastic. Forgive Pips. There we go. I'm trying to get the back to go back. Sorry, Pip, continue. It's fine, Theo. Don't worry. These things happen. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, I think I think quite often we think about this echo chamber that, that, that is you know social media and people even like listening to to views they would question themselves and actually rather than just being angry at them just going okay you know researching a little bit and going why does this person think what they think and having people who are you know who have like are talking on things that they're not so he's a psychology professor, did you say? So, yeah, he started out on a psychology, but he, he's a very... Yeah, I mean, he's, he's obviously... I mean, he's, he's, if he's a professor somewhere, he's 
very intelligent. Mm. Um, one can probably kind of infer that. Mm. Um, but and having these people that different views are intelligent and people can obviously see from their credentials that they are and they're um and listening to them going okay why does the person think this and questioning rather than just remaining in this angry echo chamber that you kind of have still have this image of internet trolls you know sort of putting out these nasty comments and you, and i think that is a bit of a change in culture and i think part of it is also leading to the change in culture of more and more people coming off social media okay which i think is an interesting thing that Recent, so I've had a fair few people kind of message me on Messenger being like, right, I'm deleting my Facebook. If you want me, here's my WhatsApp. Mm. And it's all like, here's my number so you can text me or this sort of thing. Mm. And I think more and more, as as we look back and think how elections have been promoted to, on social media and kind of people... I mean, that was the whole thing about um, the 2016 election or the 2020. It's that social media was a big push for it. Mm. And actually are politicians going to reach as many people as they think or are influencers more in the sort of the educational sense rather than the you know the instagram influence sort of thing what's they, um sorry no i was just gonna say are they actually going to get as much influence as they think now more and more people are turning off facebook or turning or going off instagram and saying like i don't want to do that sort of social media anymore mm. what sam what do you think what's the uh the main guy from peaky blinders called uh, are you talking about the actor or the character? The actor, the actor. The actor's um, Cillian Murphy, isn't it? Yeah, Cillian Murphy. I saw a video. <laughs> I fi- saw a video of him, like I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, mm. and it, some reporter was like, "Oh, you're not on social media at all." It's like, why not? You'd be great. You'd have such a big following. Da 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 da. Mm. da. And uh, it was just like, oh, no, I'm too old for it. (laughs) I think that's just so funny. And I think that's something I strive to do Mm. when I hit about 40. I'm just going to become a recluse. Because the thing is, if like David Tennant is the same, he's not on any yeah. social media, and you know what? No one thinks any the less of David Tennant for it. No, no. you know David. He's a great actor. I was watching Stage the other day. Which oh, was like, I love that. That's the first time I've seen it, and it was really fun. And I was reminded, you know, David Tennant's a cracking guy. Mm. The fact he doesn't have a Facebook is not an issue mm. for yeah. people who like David Tennant. Mm. I was also I was I was watching um, Around the World in Eighty Days. Oh, if you good? have it, David Tennant in it. Yeah. Honestly, I, that, that I love good. it. It was great. I binged it in two days. <laughs> anyway, but so, so I suppose I've always considered the internet to be like uh, the invention of the car, the automobile. Mm-hmm. For this brief period, you get almost chaos in which society is not able to cope with with the car. You know, it's still horse and cart. The roads are unpaved or they're um, cobblestone, so they cut. You know, the, the car, it's not a comfortable ride. There's no systematized learning experience. Uh, Roald Dahl, you know, writes in his, his memoirs, his sister just got in and drove and there was an accident and his face was nearly cut off with a shard of glass. So you have this kind of unrestrained Wild West period and then governments begin to think, OK, let's pave roads, let's regulate, let's have formal learning and instruction processes and eventually you get seatbelts and that's 50, 60 years later. I wonder if the internet's a little like that. We've had this initial bang and what's happening is we're beginning to get to grips with this. The fact is it's here to stay understand what it means for us as individuals in society we say okay let's let's hem this in a little bit let's channel this in a way that's conducive it's here to stay let's make it a part of society rather than being a sub or quasi society that distorts Mm. and 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 tricks uh people i I mean i think i mean there's still not a huge amount of government regulation on it is there i mean the internet is a little bit still you know as you said that kind of wild west free-for-all like got access to pretty much anything 
and um, I think as more and more as we get regulation on it, we'll kind of, yeah, I think you're right. It's the integration into the everyday, and especially with the idea and the rise of the the metaverse as it is, yeah. um, and how regulations will actually affect that because that's still on the rise, and there's still kind of new things coming in and out of that. It's just very interesting. I actually, um, I disagree with your analogy. Ooh. Because your analogy is based in a context where states have... Um, it's under a context of a state, right? Mm-hmm. So if the roads want to be built or if businesses want to adapt technology, they might get subsidised funding from states. States can control these things. So where there is a wild, wild west period, as you say, but states can have their hand in it whereas i think the internet is uh pretty much anarchy um i think that states don't have much control of it at all um and i think because this context isn't there it's going to pan out a lot more different I think a little bit that states have... I mean, there are states out there that have proved they have a... I mean, limited as it might be, but there is control over the internet. If you think of places like China, you think of places like North Korea, and they've got their own sort of versions of Facebook, versions of this, that and the other, like versions of Messenger and things like that. And they do limit... I mean, we think of kind of these states and we go more authoritarian, you know, less... And... um, but they have proven that there is there is an ability to control the internet, but it's whether or not we, as a sort of Western civilization, um, will actually go, oh yeah, but if you're doing that, you're taking away our democratic right to free speech, and, and whether or not there'll be backlash against that if governments try and regulate the internet. Okay, I'm going to jump in there, because we are moving away from the world in 2022, and into <laughs> how to regulate the internet, which is a discussion for another time. Um, <laughs> you are currently listening to Newspeak, if you've only just joined in, with me, Theo, and my guest, Pip and Sam. We're currently discussing the world in 2022. We've talked about the global economy. We've talked about a si- arguable sea change or culture shift in the internet. What are your thoughts on this, guys? Text in the studio at 015-245-665-49 or message me or message Pip and Sam if you know them and get them to, to read some bits out on air. We're going to go to one final thing that we're looking forward to this year, which is mine. And I'm looking forward to the Queen's Platinum Jubilee for one reason and one reason only. Not the Queen. Not the platinum, not even the jubilee, but because the government is making a, one, a new bank holiday and shifting a May yeah, I was holiday, say. four day weekend. Woo woo! Let's go, Sash, Sash, Sash. Let's do it. <laughs> but a, 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 four, a four day weekend is that not like staggering? Come Theo, on. shall I dox you? <laughs> <laughs> And everyone can come round to your house. <laughs> everyone just round at the end. Just search for four day weekend. I'm okay with that. Just, like, don't, Sam, don't. It's, it's, it's 11 Barham Terrace. LA1 3AR. You can message me. My number is 07412 You can uh, message me however you want and we can get this organised. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Only on the bank holiday, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll just all sesh every night at the O's. If, if you're coming around sooner than that, we'll, we'll, we'll get you for trespassing. Okay? <laughs> um, I'll have an air rifle in the window. But <laughs> four-day weekend, is this not quite something? Are you guys not looking forward to this? What are you going to do? What are your plans to celebrate Queenie's 70 years on the throne? I'm going to be honest. I'd forgot it was four-day weekend. Um, I'm j- honestly just, you know, work confused my life. But... Um, no, I I don't know what I'm going to do. Now I'm going to think about it. I've actually got to plan something for a four-day weekend. I think I'll probably... 
Wait, when is it May? It's May. Uh, I'm just looking at the date. I think it's around exams, which means. Oh yeah. no! No, 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 because no, it means you can spend two days having an, you know, having a party, and then two days revising. Oh yeah. It's a free two days of partying. You don't lose anything. I mean, uh, you lose the time, but sure. Yeah, carry you're on. saying this. Like... Yeah, you're saying like that. These two days have appeared out of nowhere. Like the the, the Earth's just going to revolve around the sun and just stay in one place a little <laughs> bit longer. I can't, I can't work out when is the Queen. I'm, I'm googling it. This uh, can't be a hard thing to work out. <laughs> <really>. <laughs> right, come on. We are three people okay, with political sec- interests, and sec- we don't know this. Second of June to the fifth of June, 2022. Oh, that is so close to my birthday. <gasps> Birthday trip to Venice, birthday trip to Venice. Let's go. Um, so it's it's Thursday through to Sunday, it's not Friday to Monday, which I think would be better, but you know, the powers that be have decided. So it's nicking the May bank holiday, mm-hmm. shifting it like the late May bank holiday, shifting it a couple of weeks later and adding a new one. Yeah. So we lose one at the end of May. So no one there's no one's favourite bank holiday. You know? uh. August bank holiday is pretty good. First of May bank holiday is pretty good. End of May, like you know, move on. I, know, I forgot there was one there. Mm. Well, exactly, exactly. So this is going to be. This is. I'm looking forward to this. It's gonna, mm-hmm. Having a four day weekend is going to be probably the highlight of my life. I'm looking forward to the, like seeing what the celebrations bring, actually. Because you know, I remember. I mean, remember the the diamond jubilee. I don't remember the golden one because I was very little. But I remember the diamond one. And that was, I quite enjoyed the celebrations. Well, with they all did. the street just, parties. Yeah, street it was parties. nice. Street it was parties very were wet, cute. I seem to remember. Yeah. Um, I remember watching it on the TV, like yeah. watching like all the it kind of cool. film cool. stuff that was going on, like, the music stuff that was going I think on. We had a bouncy castle on the street. Oh, no. oh that oh, is no, cute. No, it was my mate's street, and I went round and we sort of bounced around for a bit and then watched TV. I think the street party was so much fun. <laughs> what was 11-year-old Sam having an absolute lark on the bouncy castle? You, honestly, 11-year-old me was a bit of a madman <laughs> on the bouncy castle. You, you were cutting down all the tethers. You were hoping it was going to fall. I was taking people it. out left, right and centre. <laughs> I'd wait on me, seriously. <laughs> right, OK. The, um, we're going we're gonna to set the, the, the what we're looking forward to this year uh, aside for the moment. We're going to have the alternative news roundup looking away from the washington westminster access and reporting on some of the big stories from around the world and under your nose pip and sam you've got a good one minute reprieve from having to say anything this is the alternative news roundup following a military coup in mali in 2020 and again in 2021 the now ruling junta has delayed long expected elections until 2025 they're meant to be held next month west african sanctions uh, west african nations have imposed sanctions and closed their borders in response and a political coalition separate to the military have argued this new timetable, quote, cannot be in any way the deep desire of the Malian people. The ruling government did not provide further comment. Quebec, a province of Canada, has declared it will place a significant tax on residents who are not vaccinated, arguing they impose a financial burden on those who are jabbed. There's been a subsequent sharp increase in the appointments to get the jab, reports NPR, coming on top of school closures and a 10pm curfew. There are questions emerging, however, over its legality and enforcement. And in Germany, a former Syrian intelligence officer has been convicted for crimes against humanity in what Human Rights Watch described as a groundbreaking step towards justice for serious crimes in Syria. Anwar R, a former senior member of one of Syria's intelligence agencies, was accused of overseeing torture of detainees at a detention facility in Damascus ten years ago. The trial involved more than 80 witnesses. And while our pending appeal has been sentenced to life in prison by German judges. Stepping away from the alternative news roundup and back to our esteemed guest, this is Newspeak. The time is 1.31. We're talking about the world ahead in 2022 with Sam and Pip. 
Guys, what are you going to be keenly watching in 2020? We were talking about the things we're more positive about or more professionally curious <laughs> about. Um, what things are a little unsettling or a little concerning for you in the year ahead? And of course, where possible, try not to be partisan uh, on this. Sam, what, what, what are your thoughts? Um, I hope COVID is going to be good. Like, I think it's... I hope... <laughs> like a real good... I'm sorry. A real good new, I'm sorry, that is not how I would have phrased that. A real, a real good new mutation of COVID. Historically, I'm bad at phrasing things. <laughs> but I, I really hope it pans out and... Um, as, as sort of Boris and the, and the government have said, it sort of slows down its death rates. The economy can pick back up again. I'm hopeful for that, but... There's also that chance of another strain coming out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I didn't want to talk COVID on this. No, but no, you know what? It's a part of our life. And as boring as we talk about, it's, we, we've got to address I it. I can't wait till it's gone, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be a, a doddery old fool of a man. <laughs> and I'm going to be telling my grandchildren. <laughs> but, you'll you'll only be like 21, but COVID will age you that quickly. <laughs> yeah. with I already am an old man. <laughs> um, so I really hope that our response to that is efficient and and good and positive and i i think as a country as um in the uk we've really come together and i think it has also brought out some key problems key structural mm. problems um mm. especially how covid has affected the the less wealthy um there was that horrific case um of the child who was killed by their parents mm-hmm. i think these problems are need to be addressed and are I- really crucial to moving forward. Um, and I think that's something that I'm going to be really interested to see how how the government copes with that, how how they deal with these problems. Another one was how the BAME community was affected by COVID mm-hmm. um, disproportionately. Um, I think these problems are have just had a like a light shone on them mm-hmm. um that previously wasn't there as much um and i think it's going to be really important to see how the government deals with these do you think there's an advantage then to covid not being gone in an instant but taking its time to depart because actually that means these problems don't go away either they do have to be acknowledged and faced um i think the acknowledgement to be honest was the first year of covid and okay. i think even even now i think they're out of mainstream media they're not being seen as much uh, and i think that's a great shame mm. Pip, what, what, i mean sam obviously open COVID. I, this is yeah you've always got these problems flagged up by covid are there any that are particularly close to you or particularly you, you, you've been aware of i mean my my thing that i was kind of keenly watching is that I mean, COVID is still very much a thing, and, and it's partly kind of linked onto what you're saying, is like looking at what the next sort of thing is going to be that the government's going to tackle, or not just our government, but also international governments as well. Because, I mean, we can see the US, and we can see things sort of waiting in the wings to come out once the COVID situation's going to be sorted. You know, you've got the controversies of um, kind of detection abortion laws and how that's going to kind of come to the US Supreme Court and what their ruling's going to be, being quite a conservative Supreme Court. But I think... Yeah, I mean, climate change, which was a big thing before COVID, has seems to have taken a bit of a backseat. Like a little, like you know, they're trying to push it occasionally into the limelight, but I think a lot definitely on the yeah, backseat. It's think. definitely on the backseat. It's somewhere down the back of the bus, but it's not quite on the backseat with the cool kids. Yet. Especially with um, policy. <laughs> this analogy is a very torture one. It's a very horrible <laughs> analogy. I take that back. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm interested because I, I think 
one thing about it is is we have seen kind of the rise in abuse cases we have seen um some really horrible things have emerged from people having to be in isolation people having to kind of stay with the family in lockdown and people's family situations kind of might not have been as pleasant as others and then the rise in mental health and the fact that that's kind of shown a huge lack the nhs doesn't have as much to cope with nh with mental health as it does to do with anything else because mm. mental health affects kind of most do, people do, do you wonder if our, how much our expectations of government have increased to a point perhaps where government can't meet them I mean, I. Mm, that is that's a very interesting. I think we've question. I think we've gone past that point a long time ago. Yeah. Um, I think the welfare state isn't sustainable, um, and I think I I love the welfare state, and I think it's done a lot of good. But we need to move to a different. We need to evolve our state to a a, a different type. Um, what does that type look like? I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. I would hate to see something that is ultra competitive and neoliberal like the US because I think that would have catastrophic um, effects on on the UK. Mm. And I think the NHS is part of British culture to a certain extent, part of our nationality, part of what we're proud of coming together as British. Um, But... The the economic, um, how do I say, like uh, hardships that we've had is just putting even more strain on on our welfare state, mm-hmm. yeah. and it's going to burn out at some point. And I, I mean, obviously, there's kind of an assumption in what you're saying that the welfare state needs to be at a premium. The welfare state needs to be made functional. Can we not simply? Can we not say, is, is there not uh, a kind of about creating a culture of dependency on welfare, of people claiming it when they don't need it, of people not looking for alternatives? Uh, I mean, I think, I mean, I, I mean I'm speaking to the sort of people I know, and I know some very strange people, but I've never <laughs> said, like, I know people who have kind of, oh, yeah, I think I might have broken an ankle. Oh, but I don't want to bother the NHS about it. Like, you just, you don't want to be, I just don't want to be I, a bother. I sprained my ankle and, you... and I didn't go to A&E for a week. Yeah. And they went and they went and they were like, oh, yeah, you should probably have <laughs> You should have got, yeah, no, I, I mean, people, and I know... Abby Malcolm, <laughs> go to the damn doctor. <laughs> you are so broken. And I'm really worried about all of your limbs. <laughs> In Venice, I told her the exact same thing on Tuesday. Oh. Um, but no, I, I, I mean, I've... I mean, yeah, some of, some of the people I know, they have, I mean, happy being one of them. Um, genuinely just don't want to be involved. You're just like, you know, I don't really fancy it. It takes out a lot of time and people make an effort and this. And I, you know, people just want to manage on their own. But And I think that makes up for the people that do go kind of a lot and do kind of every single thing. They kind of want to dub, double check it. And yeah, I think I, I love, I mean, the NHS is, is such an amazing, I mean, yeah, it's such an amazing thing. It's been so helpful for so, so many people. And I I would hate for the kind of us to lose that as a mm. country. I think you are right in that it's part of British culture. It's like, you know, we complain about the government. But do you know what? It does some things that we, we just... It's there if you need them. Mm. Okay. And it's, yeah. yeah. Okay. I, we're going to have to... Sorry, I had, a, I had a, something I was interested to say, but we're going to put that to bed. Because Pip... What are you more concerned about for the year to come? 
concerned. Uh, I feel like I feel like my professional interest is also slight concerned. So we've already answered that a little bit. But okay, what did you have for this? Point? <laughs> when I sent you the show plan. Yeah. What What did you decide you were going to say? I am quite interested in seeing what's going to happen, sort of around China and Russia, and sort of over there at the moment, and whether or not, you know, over there at the moment, just you know. I mean, she's not wrong. I mean, yeah, it is over there somewhere. You know, point in a general direction. The world's, you know, you're going to get there eventually. Glad that you finally caught on to Galileo. (laughs) Thank you. It's taken me a long time. Glad you don't do geography. Um, my geography skills are so terrible some I really wouldn't joke about them um, and uh, yeah and just seeing kind of whether or not is Russia going to invade the Ukraine is China going to have an, try and push its influence over Taiwan and how we'd react to that because we've plugged a lot of money into being defence and like things like NATO and saying we'll defend people if they need it but I mean, people seem a little bit reluctant to, like the whole discussion about the Ukraine, people are a little bit reluctant to be like, oh yeah, we'll definitely defend you. Okay, a point of pedantry and national pride is not the Ukraine. The Ukraine applies when it's so- the Soviet Union and Ukraine is a region of the Soviet Union. Okay. When we talk about Ukraine, the name of the country is Ukraine and that is that is that's that's important to me. Okay. I imagine it's important to quite a few Ukrainians. Right, I'm sorry whatever I said was wrong. If there are any Ukrainians here, <laughs> we apologize unreservedly. Pip will not be coming back. Pip, I, I have no idea what I said what was what, which bit did I say that it was uh, you just told me, I'm I'm joking really. You just okay. said, you just said the Ukraine and I was uh, I was riffing on it. But you were saying so we seem reluctant to defend Ukraine? I mean, people seem like a little bit reluctant to even have the idea of we'll definitely defend you if something happens. As in general, like saying to a country, oh yeah, if this person invades you, we'll definitely, you know, back you up and put boots mm-hmm. on the ground. Because, I mean, there's the whole thing of like how warfare is changing and, and whether or not that would be appropriate anymore. Or are we going to try and sort things out economically instead? And you just, yeah, I'm just interested to see what happens, how do people deal with it? And I'm a little bit concerned because, you know, I mean, it's not dystopian world sort of view but it is a little bit dystopian world sort of view like is this going to be the next world war three is the classic question um so yeah we'll see what happens Theresa may made a good point didn't she after the uh, australia uk america pact um military pact in which she said look is this going to oblige us to defend taiwan because the united states had a commitment to in 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 the straits taiwan to to defend taiwan if um the chinese republic the people's republic of china attacked it um Sam, is is this something that it's right to be worried about? Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I don't think it's like we're going to get drafted or anything. So mm. I, I don't think we should be directly worried. But uh, I think internationally we should be terrified. Well, to be fair, even today, the US and Ukraine and the... I think it was the Russian diplomats... Mm. Um, they they had a, a meeting uh, in the UN at the moment, and and I really wonder what the conclusion of that is going to be, mm. because if it's a positive one, it could really change the tide. Like alone from yeah, let alone the China Taiwan yeah. situation, it could really turn the tide. Tide, but. I don't think much is going to happen. The <laughs> You're sticking with the pe- self-proclaimed pessimistic tendencies. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> um, I mean, Russia, to be fair, Russia has already said um, we don't expect too much to happen. Mm. I mean, I think it's an achievement in itself that they're making 
diplomatic talks. Yeah. I think this is going to reflect on how far diplomacy can go, uh, whether it's effective or not. Um, so I'm going to be really interested in that. And that was just today. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's, it's ropey. Mm. Uh, and I th- I, I, I'm not sure I like it. <laughs> yeah, I think internationally, I mean, America's going to have to deal with it. Like if China, if the People's Republic of China kind of asserts its influence over Taiwan, and then they've also got the national kind of tensions that are growing in the US. You know, the US has always been one for, not always, but it, it's quite often been the one for polarisation. Mm. And you've just got hardline Democrats or hardline Republicans. Mm-hmm. And I think given that they're going to have that sort of embroiling within themselves and then they might have to deal with defending Taiwan as well. That's a lot for one country to deal with. Like, I know America's it's huge. It's a big country. But it's still a lot for one sort of federal mm. government to deal with, even if they're not just dealing with it federally and they're dealing with it in the state governments. But that's that's a lot. Mm. Indeed, indeed. Anyway, we're going to bring an end to that discussion and leave you at home thinking about more. If you've got any questions on that, feel free to send them in. We're still going to be here for another What's the number? 10, 15 minutes. 01524. Is that right? That's right. 01524-566-549. Sam, I suspect you've been getting a few messages. Do you want to read any of them? Any I of them? You <laughs> suspect wrong, I'm afraid. Oh, fair um, enough. I've had a lot I'm of so people sorry. say, uh, you sound stupid. <laughs> well, they, they are wrong. You sound, uh, in fact, your voice is really nice to listen to. People that is think. a lie. I, I was even going over some footage um, like a week ago and I thought, wow, my voice is horrible. No, no, I'm no, so, no, no, no. It's the no. monotonic sort yeah. of like everyone, everyone smooth. Everyone thinks your voice sounds horrible, but you've got this nice... I, I, I was telling this to my housemates. Oh, I, I was like, I'm so sorry you have to put up with me. <laughs> I, I, um, I think my voice sounds horrible. I went to a party last night. I was chatting to someone for the. What? Well, and they went, Your voice sounds horrible. No, and they went, Your voice sounds really nice. And I was like, Oh, oh yeah, I, I think you've that. got a good voice. Well, exactly. So let Very me reciprocate. Let me reciprocate See, and tell you your voice. Uh, we're like opposite happen. voices, really. You are a little bit. You're you're much more expressive in your voice, whereas you're much more monotone. I always just go, like, I get excited and I go higher and higher and higher in my register. And I'm oh, like, actually, no. I do that too. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, look, we, 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 we're going we're gonna to step, step step on because we have the Newspeak quiz, the first oh, no. of which rolls out today. Seven quite tricky questions. We'll see how well you guys can do. Can I just say I'm unhappy doing this? <laughs> can I, 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 I would ditto that statement. Right. I'm furious at this. I reckon, Pip, you will get two. You think I'll get two? I think you'll get two. I think I will get none. <laughs> okay, why was number one, question number one, so I'm just going to, you just give me your answer, no discussion, if possible. Well, you can discuss it a bit, but, and then I'll tell you a few of them. <laughs> if you keep track of your points tally in the head, that'd be grand. Is that not, fair? Uh, it's not fair. No. <laughs> okay, I'll keep a track of your points tally for you. <laughs> why was Czech singer Hannah Hawker in the news two days ago? Are you mad? I genuinely have no idea. I have no idea. Did she do something controversial? Uh, <laughs> yes. You would be advised not to laugh too extensively about oh. it. Oh. That's your only hint. Czech singer. What's her name? Han- Hannah. Hannah Hawker. Hawker. I, I, I don't know. I have no idea. Okay. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. We can guess, right? You, oh, you can guess. How, in the, in the range of things, how far do we need to be? Um, I would say there's two, if, there's three key facts in a short sentence that you need to get. Oh, hasn't. Did she say something political? No. Did she? She's say a singer, right? Offensive? Did it happen at a concert? Uh, no. Oh, interview. No, the fact she's a singer isn't that. 
Oh. It hasn't got that much to do with it. Um, but it does just give it a bit more, the story a bit more. You know what? We should move on. Yeah, we should move okay, on. What? Um, Ms. Walker died after <laughs> deliberately catching COVID. I did hear about this. I did not. She's not the first person to have done that, though. Well, she's the first person to have done it in the last week or so. In the last week or I so. Can tell you I that. didn't know her that's... name. Oh. Yeah. Well, it's a name that's. Okay. That is. Oh, Paul. Okay. Um, is Riyad Mahrez the Man City forward in the round of 16 for the African Cup of Nations? Do you know what? I didn't even know there was a World Cup. I don't have it's anything African to do with football. No. To be fair, it's a 50 50. Is he in the, Af- in, in the round of 16? Yes. You're saying yes? I'm going to say yes. You're both wrong. He's oh. Algeria. Should I should have gone 50-50, you uh, know, yeah. I should pick the other one. Algeria got knocked out in the group stage, which is quite a shot that the defending champion. I don't well. follow African football, I'm sorry. Well, I know, don't follow football, full stop. Okay. Um, <laughs> which film won Best Picture for Drama at the Golden Globes? Oh, I'm usually good at this. <laughs> Man, we are rushing. <laughs> we are terrible. I'm usually all right at films, but no, apparently not. Um... I do the Oscars. I don't really do the Golden Globes. <laughs> I do the Oscars. <laughs> I, do, I don't do Can the Oscars. Can we have a genre? Uh, so it was a drama film. So best picture for drama. Oh, it's no. st- I'll give you the lead. It's Benedict Cumberbatch is the lead. Oh. Oh. Um. There's a couple of key words. If you can get those, I'll give it to you. I have no idea. Is he a, th- I'm um, a thin moustache? Yes. Oh, I know he's, what it he's is. He's quite an unsavoury character. Can yeah. you, give me the, you get half a point if you can name the genre. A gen, I, I'm guessing thin moustache. Part of me is just saying historical. There you go. Uh, that's not a genre. No, <laughs> I mean, it's, we're not. We're, it's not a genre. I'm not counting it. It was based on history. I can't remember. Okay, it is the power of the dog, which is a western, um, or, or thereabouts. Okay, question four. You guys are. It's historical. It's a western. <laughs> that, yeah. What did MP David Davis say to Boris Johnson at the end of a fiery Prime Minister's questions on Wednesday? Isn't it for the love of God or just for the go. sake of God, just go or something? Is that your final answer? For the yeah. love of God, go? Or... Yeah, that, it was you, like... you, I'll give you half a point for that. It's in the name of God, in go. The na- oh, oh, come on. For the on. sake of God or for the love of God? That was so no, unbelievably no, no, close. No, come on. In the name of God. Name in the name of God. Of God. Uh, right, I'll give you the point. I feel sorry for you both. Um, why does Titus, Titus Lau face jail time? No idea. This is really, really hard. Who is he? Well, I, I, can't, I can't tell you that. That would be part of the answer. Is he an entertainer? Of a sort. What, oh. what country is he in? Singapore. This is relevant. Um, I, he probably uh, spoke against the new coup. There's no coup in Singapore. Is there not? No. Well, that's embarrassing. It spoke against the government? No, it was much less political. Oh, okay. M- much oh, no, more I'm personal. Oh, heavens. Um, I've said heavens twice now. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. Okay, Mr. Lau was uh, in the business of transferring explicit content on oh. OnlyFans, which is in violation of Singaporean law, and he will be facing jail time as a consequence. Oh, interesting. What is, question six of seven, what is the exact name of the bill rejected earlier this week by the House of Lords? Quite a famous bill. Lots of controversy about it earlier in the year. It, when you say earlier in the year, I take it you mean 2021 yeah. rather than 2022? Yeah, it wasn't like two weeks ago. Is this the protest bill? Yes. Yes. Oh, oh the exact name, name of it. Oh, I just know it's the protest bill. You know, like, yeah, no, I don't. No. Know. Uh, Sam, if you can get a couple of the words, I'll give you half a point. I thought it was like zero something, like, like zero police or people. security. 
No. no. Oh, it would be called something like that. It would police be is in it. Police is police in it. Police is in it. Police is in the first word. The protection of police. No, Act. the poli- police is the first word, Sam. Police. <laughs> protection in there. Police protection. Police something. Protest Protection Act. No, it's not got protest in there, I don't think. It's not. No, it's well, not no, got protest. It's, gathering, it's not got it? protest in there because they added other things in that they wanted to, that it's, genuinely look good, and then they slipped the protest thing in there. It and is a massive, I mean, there are some, you know, the, 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 there's some bits that would attract support from is all it sides. Like police it? gathering protection. No, it's laws. not. It's not gathering. It's like one of these kind of buzzword sort of things. I'm going to have to press you for a final answer. I've just got police protection. <laughs> is all I've got. It's a police crime sentencing and courts bill. Um, Can I get half a point for police? Yeah, right. Thank you. Sweet talking my way up the leaderboard. Scraping the bar. Uh, And which former? You're not going to get this. Which former Vogue editor at large and champion of racial diversity and fashion died on Wednesday? Oh no, no idea. Uh, uh, I know know Virgil Abloh died, but he didn't die on Wednesday. No. I'll uh, I'll take and uh, you know Um, say a name. There's a small chance he might get it. And there's a very little chance I'll get it because they've probably got a name that's. But we have the initials. You can have so yes, as it's as it's three names: A L T. For every for every name of those initials, you get you get half a point. A L T. No idea. No. Uh, Tom's Tom Thomas. No. Uh, like Alex. I'm just going to bring the misery Thomas. to a close. It's Andre Leon Talley. Never heard of him. Yeah. Um, so at the end of that, Pip is on one and a half point and Sam is on one point. I still I stand beat Sam. This. That's all I needed I'm for today. I'm really unhappy with this bit. <laughs> we could have like a little comedy bit. We could have... Um... Do you know what, Sam? If you tried harder, it would have been a comedy bit. <laughs> <laughs> it was a comedy bit already. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Shall I just step out the studio for a second let you fight it out, is, you know? If any of you at home got any of those questions right, fair play to you. I think... Uh, this is good. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have a guest leaderboard over the course of the term, and uh, Philippa is currently at the top of that leaderboard, closely followed by Sam on one. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna restore we're gonna restore out of seven. We're gonna restore a little bit of uh, love and comedy to the studio with a closing question. We normally have this. What gang is your favourite dessert to have in winter? My mum's apple crumble. Ooh. I mean, apple crumble in general, but she gave me the recipe the other day. A really simple kind of recipe. And I made it, and I, I honestly, it just feels like home. I feel like an apple crumble is a good sort of wintry dessert, yeah, you know. Yeah. And it's, it's, what, what do you have it with? I'm a custard person. Yeah. And I'm not talking about, you know, your creme anglaise custard. What's you a know. Creme it's a type of custard. Mean. This has been a great debate in my house at university with whether or not. That okay. does not sound like a great debate. <laughs> so I, it sounds quite lame. Are you familiar with ambrosia? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're, 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 we're I like the powder. I, you know, that's what I'm, I'm here for the custard powder. It's bright pink and then turns bright yellow. That is all I want in life. Uh-huh. And I, there was a great debate in our house whether or not powdered custard is actually custard. Because I, I think it is such a middle class place. <laughs> oh my word! I think it is. One of my housemates doesn't, and I get I, honestly. This made me genuinely you really angry. Have a low this is my childhood. Of interesting. Yeah, um, I'm with Sam here. <laughs> and okay. so, um, 
Yeah, but apple crumble and then custard with the ambrosia, you know, powdered custard is what okay. I want for dessert. Okay. For yeah, you have me with the apple crumble, you lost me a bit of the custard. I'm <gasps> a big fan of apple crumble normally, but... Uh, you don't like custard? Do you no, have no, it with no, cream I'm, instead of custard? I'm a massive fan of custard. No, uh, but, but the, yeah, I What's can What's wrong understand. with the apple crumble and custard? No, that no, is a classic. No, it's no, a debate no, yeah. over the crumble and oh. It's just your weird debate. Yeah, you didn't, yeah. <laughs> you okay, didn't okay, I bake a lot, okay? I do a lot of cooking in the kitchen. I pride myself on knowing the stupid things about cooking. I like, these are not unimportant things to know, but you did pitch it <laughs> yes, like we are. would know, and we don't. Right. We, we like, oh, it's yellow so, and it's warm. I was just, we'll I was yeah. just underestimating, overestimating your middle classness there, Theo, wasn't it? Ma- massively, massively. Sam, favourite winter dessert? Um, you've actually changed my answer. I was going to say hot, sticky toffee pudding. <laughs> oh, bangs, what a choice. That bangs very hard. But I quite recently had the honour of going round to my friend Edward's house. Oh, head. And his grandma, I tell you now, bakes the most amazing apple slice. Ooh. Um, it's, We're sticking with the apple. It's perfect in every... This is what made me remember. Mm-hmm. It's perfect in every way. <laughs> the puff pastry is perfect. The glaze on top is perfect. The apple content is neither too sweet nor too sour. Oh, it's, it's, it's the this, perfect texture. This is just And then it's got a perfect bottom base oh. of, like, perfect... Is it crunchy mm. on the base, or is it, like, a soft... No, it's like a soft... Oh. It's perfect in every way. If you're listening, Ed's Nan. <laughs> Big up, Ed's Nan. Big but up. I, I see the other one, Sticky Toffee Pudding. Yes, please. That's yeah. fantastic. So my mine is... Um, it's not a winter pudding per se, but I've had it in winter, and that is my friend, a- my friend and housemate Aiden, his grandma's cake. Grandma's man, Nanny Blair. I don't know what you put in that cake, <laughs> but it was inc- it was the, the, the sponge was so moss moist moss moist and soft <laughs> and light, grass. just a thin uh. just a thin layer of beautiful icing with a little bit of drizzle on uh. it. Like it got to the point there was three loads of this stuff in the kitchen just for general consumption. It got to the point where normally you cut yourself a little square. I was just cutting rows, man. I was just <laughs> yes. shoving it in. Mm-hmm. Nanny Blair and her cake skills absolutely incredible and this has been confirmed on FM radio therefore it must be true True. (laughs) yeah Um, that does of course bring us to the end of of, of the programme today thank you very much Nanny Blair for closing up we hope you at home enjoyed this episode of Newspeak we've been freedom of speech going live hope you enjoyed the discussions and thinking about the world ahead in 2022 thank you Pitt thank you Sam thank you very much Any, any final comments um, again, shout out to Ed's Nan. Yeah. <laughs> Any shout outs you want to do? Any people that you love dearly who you, you would like to feature on this episode of Newspeak? Great lady. Shout out to all the people that are supporting me throughout this process. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard such a monotonic delivery of that sort of thing. People uh, are usually crying when they say that, and you're just nah. like, thank you. Uh, okay, great. Pip, are you, are any, 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 support, any final comments or any, any shout outs? Um, I mean, if anyone is actually listening who knows me, hi, because I genuinely don't know if anyone is. Um, and, uh, and yeah, no, um, I had a great time. It's good. Oh, you two are great to chat with. Oh, awesome. Some great. would say. Some would say. Thanks, Sam. Um, <laughs> well, I've been Theo. This, this has been Pip and Sam. Thank you for a lovely uh, listening in, gang. And we'll be back at the same time next week with hopefully a discussion on has religion been positive or negative in global history. Have a great afternoon and enjoy this final song, Masters of War by Bob. <laughs>